0: Welcome to Perfecting the Practice, the podcast for behavioral health providers and administrators on how practice management makes perfect. This podcast is brought to you by Therapy Brands, a collection of the best of the best behavioral health practice management, telehealth and data collection tools. Our team is here to help you expand the reach and impact of your practice. My name is Sage and I'm a member of the Therapy Brands team. I have a background in mental health administration, having previously worked as a practice manager and an insurance biller before joining therapy brands. I've seen firsthand the ways in which the right techniques and tools can make all the difference when it comes to successfully running a practice. From getting clients in the door to getting paid for your services, there are so many moving parts to keeping a therapy practice in good health. In today's episode, we're talking about how the recovery, rehabilitation, and mental health landscapes are influenced by electronic health record systems and vice versa. Here with us today will be industry experts, Nick Padula and Chris Kalb, who will join us in a thoughtful conversation on how practice management is the cornerstone of successful healthcare delivery and how technology has a hand in shaping that success. I asked Chris and Nick to tell me about their backgrounds and how they found their places in the industry.
1: Here's Nick. My name is Nick Padula, and I'm the Executive Vice President for Therapy Brands Applied Behavioral Analysis Division. And I represent a talented group of professionals who innovate, ABA practice management systems, data collection tools to include revenue cycle management solutions and telehealth. And I'm very proud to be a part of the team that stands in the service of the underserved.
2: And here's Chris. My name is Chris Kalb, and I'm the executive vice president of the psychotherapy segment here at Therapy Brands. So I'm responsible for delivering our solutions for providers, for patients, and ultimately for practice management within the psychology, psychiatry, counseling, therapy segment, but the business leadership focused on developing and delivering solutions for providers, payers, and patients to help improve overall cost, quality, access to care, and the experience for both those who deliver care and those patients who are in need of it. I guess I would say. You know, over the past few years, I've had some pretty deeply personal family experiences that kind of drew my attention to some of the challenges that our communities face from a mental and behavioral health care standpoint. And I became deeply interested in trying to better understand and see how we could influence things in a positive way and in an impactful way. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward that the space is deeply underserved from a technology and solution standpoint you know, it's deeply in need of tools for efficiency gains to allow providers to do their best work and to be most impactful in their patients' lives. And I think right now there's a huge disparity between the ability for our providers to serve and the demand really that we're seeing for folks. And there are a number of factors involved in that, but but something that really means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to most of us. There are very few of us that are not in some way touched by friends or family who are in need of mental or behavioral health service.
0: I think that especially in the last few years, we've seen a big shift from where providers used to really consider their EHR, their practice management systems and the technology that they encountered with that to be something they kind of had a love-hate relationship with because it never fully met the needs. Or if it did, there was You know, glitches here and problems there. And in the last few years, and especially with the help of therapy brands in the industry, we've seen solutions that are oriented towards the provider that provide a really smooth and enjoyable experience of practice management from the technology end.
2: I agree completely. I mean, I think we've made a tremendous amount of progress and we continue to look for those opportunities, you know, to make the practices more efficient. Ultimately, if we can make a provider's day, Easier, not only is it better for them and easier for them to focus on really engaging with their patient or their client, as opposed to thinking about, you know, when is my next appointment and when am I going to call back the insurance company? Also, being able to track and readily keep track of patient records and notes in an organized and always available way. And then ultimately, being able to run your practice efficiently. So, if you as a provider are spending half of your time running your business, that's half of your time that's not treating patients. And that means that you're leaving half of the people you could have potentially helped in the community to seek care somewhere else.
0: Absolutely. I like to think of practice management, EHR softwares as kind of the silent other staff member of any given practice. And it serves as this partnership really between the technology and the providers. What has most surprised you in learning about the relationship between the behavioral healthcare industry and practice management
2: software? Honestly, the thing that's probably been most surprising to me is that so many people are still either working with paper or that they're using a solution that really isn't best fit. It's not purpose-built for mental behavioral health. You know, I mean, one is kind of, you know, working with the wrong tools makes any project harder. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have been very successful over the years using paper, but to still see 20 or 30% of therapists using paper for notes and scheduling when there are tools available that are HIPAA compliant, that allow for that note storage and organization for patient self-scheduling, you know, you can have an appointment book or you can allow your patients to go and log into a portal and have the experience of setting an appointment when it makes sense for them based on your availability and theirs. And kind of take all of that having to deal with phone calls and coordinate, getting in touch with them off the table. That's a real surprise to me because it clearly doesn't offer the best tools. It's subject to loss in a fire or loss of the notebook where the digital records are protected at infinitum, you know, and then you still have the issues of communication and having to have synchronous communication by phone or not having, you know, HIPAA compliant messaging. You just are limited in how you can engage with your patient.
0: I asked Nick and Chris to speak to how practice management can make or break the success of a behavioral health organization. Here's what Nick had to say.
1: In terms of make or break, practice management must enable compliance and productivity, but it also must include ensuring the satisfaction of the therapist at the very same time. As time is the most limited and precious resource for a practice, leveraging technology and processes to make the best use of that fixed time it's paramount and there's a saying it's best to let the technology do what it does best and let humans do what people do best Mm -hmm. and we've seen that implementing and integrating practice management technology has this force multiplying effect furthermore with expected changes with what's expected from payers to include implications of value-based care, underpinning the practices with time-proven processes will also help considerably. Even without such changes, implementing these solution has proven to positively and even dramatically improve the key performance indicators. Those KPIs needed
2: to run your businesses,
0: And here was Chris's perspective.
2: Ultimately, a practice is in place to serve its mission of treating clients, but it still has to operate as a business. And I think that that's really the differentiation in these tools. The, the tools make the business component easier so that the provider can focus on the mission, which is how to be impactful and how to help people. You know, that's certainly what we spend the majority of our time on is how do we Make things more accessible. You know, a great example is telehealth. You know, telehealth is not something that's new, but it's something that feels new because it's ubiquitous now, where it was somewhat harder to come by just a few years back. But it's something that's dramatically changed the landscape of care. It's changed accessibility for patients who may or may not have time to drive across town or may not have providers in their local area. You know, obviously they still have to find someone who's licensed to provide care. But that landscape opens up tremendously when they don't have to be within driving range or within their lunch hour for availability. And so I just think that there's a huge opportunity in terms of the ability of the providers to practice well and to make their services available to a broader number of patients. You know, we see a lot of providers where this lack of good tools ultimately provides burnout they're not seeing as many patients as they could, not only because they're not as efficient, but also because it just feels like a long day when you're spending your time trying to dance on and off the phone and deal with insurance companies. And ultimately, when you have the tools to take that headache out, I've heard from our providers that they really appreciate the opportunity to focus on delivering care, which is what ultimately they set out to do. (laughs)
0: and Nick what they saw as the pain points of behavioral health practice management that are being solved by the evolving EHR tech industry. Here's what Nick said.
1: From what I've been seeing in terms of trends, time, productivity, and even work-life balance represents a big chunk of the pain. And as a industry-leading mental and behavioral health platform company, the rescue from those pain points First and foremost is an end-to-end system, and I'll just speak for ABA in this case. One with an integrated data collection tools, with analytics, with telehealth, and implementing technology built with a deep ABA experience is vital. And with the realization that there is no one-size-fits-all and the ability to meet a practice where it's at today with the ability to scale with them, is something that we will continue to uh, build out and invest in. A major theme, and in the spirit of the quadruple aim in healthcare, we must ensure that the health of the providers is one of equal footing. We must now leverage technology, not only will it help by allowing therapists to spend more quality time with their kiddos in the case of ABA, but with purposeful design to provide work life balance is of great importance to us. Productivity is key, so we must provide an integrated experience. For example, data collection and speech and OT. Ultimately, ease of use must be foundational. And one other thing to consider some significant pain for most is the pressure of ensuring cash flow of the practice and making sure that practice is sound. The most progressive and noble intentions will not be realized without strong revenue cycle management. On average, we help our customers collect 95% or more of their expected AR and net revenues. And we must help therapists and leadership to stay at the top of their license. And some of this can be achieved by managing Revenue cycle from end to end to relieve this important pain point.
0: Yeah, well, and I love what you say about the work-life balance and also the way that that ends up feeding into the revenue cycle, because especially for smaller practices, I've seen time and time again, solo providers staying up well into their nights and their weekends, trying to get their billing done and follow up after rejected claims. And it ends up really eating into their life outside of work, just trying to make the bottom line work. And so I think that that is a gap that our software comes to fill so that providers end up giving the care that they want to be able to give to their patients and then putting their work down at the end of the day and then going after the rest of their life and not having to worry so much about whether or not the money will still be coming in.
1: You know, that's great insights. And I loved how you kind of paired that technology is foundational but also those services can be really wed pretty
2: close together to get the practices what they need to grow.
0: And here are Chris's thoughts on the subject.
2: If I had to sum it up, I'd pick on a few things. You know, I think good, accessible, safe, compliant record keeping and communication, I think that's a big deal, right? I mean, when you have data protections in place that eliminate things like Unsecured emails or text messages, you know, being able to put in place a HIPAA compliant messaging system that doesn't require you to get somebody on the phone is a big deal. You know, there's research that shows that even things as simple as appointment reminders are having a huge impact on the industry. So if you take a simple appointment reminder, you know, my computer was just yelling at me about an upcoming appointment a minute ago, and, you know, our phones are constantly dinging. And yet so many of us, we don't have this automation without a good practice management system around appointments, but we know from research that appointment reminders reduce no-show rates by over 50%. So not only is that a great opportunity for the client to ensure that they are reminded of and able to make their session, but it's also a great efficiency driver for a provider because when those reminders come out, if the patient has a conflict, they're able to reschedule. And the provider ultimately doesn't sit around and wait for someone who doesn't show up, which prevents them serving someone else, and it creates inefficiency in their day. So I think things like that, again, you know, I mentioned telehealth earlier, probably won't be the last time I talk about it because it's been such a significant shift in our industry and the engagement model that that allows, but also even things like easier payments and collections. I mean, being able to run a patient's credit card or have a patient's credit card on file so that you can automatically charge them for their session and having all the invoice and records there available for your clients, allowing them to be able to pay through a patient portal. I mean, all of these things, they ease and facilitate the business component of running a practice, again, just so the providers can really focus on care.
0: they saw the behavioral healthcare landscape being influenced by EHR systems and vice versa. Here's Chris.
2: In terms of the landscape being influenced by the EHR, I would probably point to things like the ability to capture records and really have visibility and data to the scope of some of the patient problems that we have known existed but have not necessarily been able to quantify traditionally. So You know, a lot of the data that we have around mental and behavioral health problems historically has, and still today does come from, you know, survey data, but more and more, we're able to actually see patient volumes and the different propensities for different kinds of required treatments or mental behavioral health issues. And I think the visibility to the volume of need that emerges from this quantifiable data is helping with several things. I mean, one, it's painting the size of the problem so that we're getting better coverage in the industry and from insurance companies in terms of protecting and providing for mental health care. Uh, Two, destigmatization. I think mental health stigma is one of the major issues that good therapy has faced throughout the years. And, you know, it's really a shame. We don't think twice about someone going to the doctor because They've fallen and injured themselves or they have a joint injury. And yet we tend to have this cultural stigma around going to the doctor because something's not right from a mental or behavioral health standpoint. It's tragic, ultimately, because that in and of itself has led to the compounding of many problems for people in need and a resistance, especially in many communities, for people to actually seek care because they don't want to be identified as needing it. And it's a terrible shame. We wouldn't think twice about going to the doctor to get an antibiotic. But you know when we have people in deep need from a mental behavioral health standpoint, there's that stigma holding them back.
0: And here's what Nick had to say.
2: There is an Adam
1: Judge quote that I absolutely love, and it goes, the alternative to good design is always bad design. However, there is no such thing as no design. And in terms of design, since I've been at Therapy Brands, my team and I have been scouring survey data and have conducted considerable outreach to ensure that customer insights are representative into new innovative features. Equally important in terms of influence, we all must get prepared to where payers are moving the industry and to get in front of expected impacts and even the opportunities of value-based care. I want to ensure that we're not only able to provide and react, but I sincerely believe that by leveraging our community, we will better lead for better outcomes, higher satisfaction, increased productivity, and therapist satisfaction. And arguably, this is the focus on quadruple aid.
0: Chris and Nick, what was most impactful for them in their careers so far, what stories had really stuck with them. And they both mentioned telehealth, which we will talk about later in the season.
2: Well, you know, and I alluded to the telehealth change earlier in our discussion. And, you know, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but I think it's really a dramatic shift. I spent a
1: number of years advancing and championing the cause of telehealth.
2: And well before it was cool, by the way. We serve a very large constituency of providers, and we have offered telehealth for years, but we saw basically in the months leading up to, you know, COVID, consumption of on the order of 10 to 20,000 minutes of telehealth usage per month. When COVID hit, the industry overnight had to adapt to the fact that we couldn't have patients in offices anymore. And the question was, can therapy even be done remotely? A lot of folks thought that it wouldn't be effective. There were a lot of provider organizations that were concerned that they were going to have to shut down until they could have people back into their offices. And, you know, we reached out to folks and we made it known to them that we had a telehealth solution that was already integrated with their practice management system. It integrated with the calendar so they could set up their appointments as telehealth appointments. They could immediately jump into them and they could make these sessions available to their clients immediately and continue counseling in that way. And we saw literally in the next month, we moved from this 10 to 20,000 minutes per month to 65 million minutes of telehealth usage in the first month that some of the COVID stay-at-home orders came out. Integrating technologies into practice management solution
1: is just one example of what is to come.
0: For listeners that are really interested in the topic of telehealth, don't you worry. We do have a much broader discussion on the subject coming up later in the season. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for your time today. I know that Therapy Brands benefit so much from your leadership and your passion. And I think that the people listening to this podcast will benefit
1: from that as well. Thank you so much.
2: It's been an honor and looking forward to chatting again soon.
0: Chris, thank you so much for talking with me.
2: Absolutely. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I hope that the discussion is a good one. We are all committed to continuing to serve our industry, our providers, our patients, and our communities.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. I wish you all the best in your practice management. My name is Sage, and you've been listening to Perfecting the Practice, the podcast for behavioral health providers and administrators on how practice management makes perfect. Bye for now.